A little housekeeping first. We are going to be performing at the Why are you talking like theater. This? I'm talking like Sam Harris oh. in the beginning. This is just fucking tiresome. Of his podcast. Welcome to the podcast. We have a little housekeeping to do in the beginning. We will be performing at the Pack Theater on Santa Monica Boulevard on June 21st, 2019, at the Party Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> podcast Party Podcast. Is that what it's called? Yes. The par- Podcast Why are you so bad party. at this? Why? <laughs> this is I'm really ju- difficult for you. I'm being Sam Harris. Anyway, yes, we're going to be, we've been selected to go live at the Podcast Party Podcast, uh, June 21st. Come out and see us. There'll be a crowd. We'll piss some people off. We might do the hot takes thing. We'll see. We don't know what we're going to do yet. We need to talk about it. I just, uh, I have a noise reduction filter that I throw on there to get rid of stuff in the background like that, so I like to get a little bit of room tone because it pulls the sound out of the background. I wish I had that for people. Yeah. I wish I had that for life. (laughs) (laughs) Just highlight a section of it and be like, I don't want to have this in my life anymore. You know what I don't like? I wish I could filter is babies in the workplace. Oh, yeah. We were were texting. Were you texting everyone? No, I texted just you two about (laughs) this. It's just furiously sending texts to everyone on his list about this baby. Because they were bugging you about the baby? It's, Is that why? Everyone thinks their baby's special. And they show I, it off. There's just a lot of uh, cuckooing that goes... <laughs> the cuckoo-ka. Cuckoo-ka-ka. Baby talk? It's just like... I, I. It's the same thing with dogs in the workplace. It's like, I can't focus when everyone is cooing and cawing over a baby or dog in the workplace. Words you keep saying, but like, if people are over nearby and they're like, oh, the baby, you don't like that? Is that a problem? Yeah, I don't like it I don't when like I'm it. expected to do stuff with the baby or the dog. That's I when I have a problem. I don't really feel pressure to do anything. I just don't. Yeah, it's it's very distracting. It's distracting. When everybody drops what they're doing and suddenly goes to like gravitates to a baby. You know? It's just very distracting. Do you ever get the urge to slap babies when you're out in public? No. I do. That's terrifying. Whenever I'm walking around <laughs> and I see like a little baby in a stroller or like a little toddler... Like, I have this deep instinct in me just to be like, and just smack it across the face and run away so the parent has to deal with that for the rest of the day. Like, nothing damaging, but just enough to be disruptive. That's horrifying. Did That's you know that in, in, in Sweden, people just leave their babies in strollers outside? There's, like, no crime, so they just park their babies in the stroller outside of the co- coffee shop while they go in and, like, get coffees. You like that. Well, I'm in favor of that. There's crime now. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Simpler times. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> Making 
Muslim related jokes. No, it's. I think there is crime now, though. It's, don't they say that? Since the, <sighs> Let's talk about some. Let's talk about nice things for once. It's like slapping babies and running away. Oh, that's nice. That's I'd, nice. I love that. No, I, I have nothing against babies. And obviously, you know, if you need to bring your baby in the workplace, I was a workplace baby. My mom brought me in there all the fucking time. I just want babies and dogs. It. I just, it's like, it just bothers. It's just like personally difficult for me to handle. I just, uh, yeah, mine, my issue is not if people have, I, I get annoyed with the dogs because the dogs are always such a, like a focus of, of activity and you got to worry yeah, about the dogs being oh, there. Oh, pet the dog. Here's the dog is here. But so they're usually the better, more better behaved than babies. Right. I mean, yeah. dogs smell. That's what I don't like. It's insane to me that any of these dogs. things are allowed in the workplace. The modern workplace is it, totally ridiculous. The open floor plan. Oh, yeah. I mean, the dogs. It's crazy. It's completely well, crazy. it's to distract you from doing your work. Yeah. Because doing your work doesn't actually matter. <laughs> you, you don't actually have to do it. No, they so want just you to hang out here. They just want, hang out they want you to work after work hours. Right. <clears throat> yeah. When you're in work, play with the dog, play with the baby, and then from five to eight, do your actual work. Yeah. Once the baby's we had this We had this drama at work recently where they are like all obsessed with our schedules during the day. They didn't, it used to be very open and people just could kind of like have fairly flexible schedules in terms of when they came and when they left. But they're like, yeah, some higher ups were walking around and uh, they saw some people weren't at their desks and they got mad. And I'm just like, this is the most idiotic way to do business that I can think of. Some fucking guy walks around who doesn't work with any of us and doesn't know what our work product <laughs> is. says they weren't working. And they weren't at their oh desk at this Lord. moment that I happened to walk by. Therefore, we need to do all this nonsense that's just going to piss everybody off. That is stupid. Like, instead of coming in with data and going, guys, your productivity has gone down right. by like 10%. Yeah. What the fuck then are you that's doing? that's the problem. Yes. Don't be mad that people aren't pretending to work at their desk. Yeah, if somebody's like not doesn't have anything to do, then yeah, they're going to get up and walk around and maybe go to the break room or whatever. This is the, the... How many hours of work would you say you do? Like, when you were working at a big client, how many hours of work do you say you do a day? I, I, am, I am a very much ADHD. Like, I can't sit in lines or in theaters or airplanes or whatever. I'm constantly shifting. So I will literally write, like, for five minutes and then get up and get a tea, get up, go pee, get up, talk to the cute girl. Well, get, writing is uh, like that. Writing uh, is well, I, I, like yeah, that a lot of times. I mean, unless you Out of the really day, maybe, like, it depends what you're working on, but, like... I don't know. Three. Three hours. I think they say the average is three. I yeah. used to be like that. Now, these past two jobs, I work a solid fucking nine. Mm. Like, seriously. I, I am working for nine hours. It's crazy. But it, Ours goes up and down because ours is based on <clears throat> volume that we have in. But yeah, there's definitely days when I'm like, I, I should just be able to go home. Like, I'm, there's, I'm serving no sure. purpose by being I here. Can. I, I can. I mean, you get to the point where I feel like in my career, I can leave if I want. I mean, because I'm, it's such a delivery. It's like totally based on what I, I have to deliver shit. If I don't yeah. deliver it, it nobody, it's not going to happen. So yeah. like they don't really care as long as it gets delivered. Yeah. But in, in our pers- profession, like working might be like when I leave here today yeah, or, or right. in the middle of the night, I'm taking a piss yeah, yeah, and exactly. all of a sudden I'm writing a paragraph of like uh, this exactly. fucking idea for. Yeah. Well, that's why we're kind of blessed. Yeah. Being creatives is a very nice job mm-hmm. in that yeah. way because yes it's just no. like, just do it or not. You know? Yeah. Oh. Anyway, yeah. let's talk about Chris Kattan. We're here with uh, Peter Megler. Yeah. Chris Kattan expert, Peter Megler. Thanks for coming on to talk about Chris Kattan. <laughs> kind of looks like him a little. Hey, no, I used to watch him on SNL, man. Yeah. I lived in New York. Um, but anyway, Peter Megler uh, was just on for a very intense episode about advertising that will probably come out before this. 
So you may have met him, you may have not. He is one of my favorite people. Thank you for coming on, Peter. Thanks for having me. You're one of my favorite people too. And oh, you, Charles, as well. He stopped. He oh, stuttered nice. when he said that. Yeah. Uh, you actually you're one of my favorite You don't have too. to return compliments. <laughs> That's what I've learned, oh. is that people can say things to you and you don't have to. In fact, I find a lot of people, when you return the compliment, they, they don't like it because they're like, you're just saying that because I just told you that. You're you right. didn't come up with your own thing to tell me. I retract all my compliments That's to better. either one. I, I feel like you're like a lifestyle coach. You know what I mean? Somebody <laughs> said to me, like, what I love about Megler is he just like describes the vibe. You're like, I'm looking for like a daytime beachy techno margarita taco vibe <laughs> I, yeah i can't do it as well as you but you you describe like the scene you're looking for right I, I, you really like know how to like live well look I, I think everything just comes from living in multiple cities and environments and then just realizing what's the bullshit and what's not the bullshit and like finding the happy medium in between yeah you just have a very good yeah. aesthetic taste thank you thank anyway you. all right let's talk about chris Catan getting yeah. raped <laughs> <laughs> this uh yeah this story came out i guess uh there's been a lot of like biography related autobiography related stories that have come out where people make claims people about gotta it. sell books man yeah and um, book money chris Catan, that big chris Catan book money that guy how where many, is he how been? many copies did he sell yeah to his does he do stand up I, I think he like tries to do stand up a lot of people were posting Chris Kattan being a dick in stand-up situation stories. But I don't know if he's like actually... I don't think he was a stand-up performer when he was on SNL. He's don't not he's, we, he's not aging well, by the way, by no. these photos. Don't no. you think him and my dad look similar? Kind of. Uh, yes. I mean, not in any real sense, but like I, I understand the thing that you're describing, I suppose. Yeah, I think they kind of look. So in his book, this is what Chris Kattan claims. He said Paramount would only do the movie, and he's talking about the movie Night at the Roxbury, which is the one with him and Will Ferrell being the Roxbury guys from SNL, just yeah. the guys that shake their head, heads around. Yes. Which, to the, the longevity, yeah, to what is love to what is by love. Hathaway. Yeah. The longevity of that sketch was a shocker to me because the only time it was funny, I thought, was the initial sketch when, eight, when uh, Jim Carrey was in it. Because yeah. the very first sketch they did was Jim Carrey and then the two of them. And Jim Carrey can do that head bopping really well. stuff. Right. And it was funny. And then all the subsequent sketches with no Jim Carrey, I was like, I don't... Who do you think's better, by the way? Who is a better comedian? It's kind of a clash of the titans. Farrell or Jim Carrey? Who's better? Who's better at what? Who, who, who's the true master of, of physical comedy? comedy? Well, no. Of obviously physical, physical is Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, yeah, sure. Of just like acting comedy? Um, I think Will Ferrell is probably a better improviser. Yeah, Jim Carrey's a better physical comedian. Jim, Will Ferrell's better at being like bad men that you can enjoy watching. Like he he's he's much better at the like bravado end of it, whereas Jim Carrey's more of like an eccentricity type dude, like a weirdo. I think the two movies I've laughed the hard at hardest at ever were Ace Ventura. And Anchorman. So it's kind of head to head for me with those two. Ace Ventura, by the way, a movie whose ending would never, ever, ever exist in modern society. What happens at the end of Ace Ventura? I don't it's, it's a whole transgender joke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a man. Yeah. Einhorn. Yeah. Einhorn. <laughs> like he's, it's, they it's play the finger. crying game, and <laughs> there's a scene where he's in the shower crying. Yeah, yeah, it's scrubbing himself. And, yeah. like, and, like, and all yeah. the men and the police officer are vomiting. Yeah. Because it was it, a man. 
Like it's That's so true. If you, That's if, so true. Can you imagine like you're sitting down with your like woke teenage kids yeah. and you're like, all right, kids, we're gonna watch a classic from the nineties, Ace Ventura. Yeah. And then you get to that sequence and they're just <laughs> like, like, Why are they puking, God? Because <laughs> kissing men is gross. <laughs> have you seen that? You know, you know. Yeah, it's been man, a while though. I like yeah. men. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I remember like it. Um so this is about A Night of the Roxbury. Paramount would only do the movie if Amy, that's Amy Heckerling, the director of Clueless, signed on as director. If I wanted to make sure the movie happened, I had to keep Amy happy, Catan writes, describing how Michaels was furious with him the day after he initially refused Heckerling's advances. Chris, I'm not saying you have to fuck her, but it wouldn't hurt, Michaels said. Catan, then only 27 years old, describes the inner turmoil he felt about being told to sleep with a woman who was, at that time, a powerful creative figure in Hollywood and ostensibly his boss. Ultimately, Catan reveals the pair had a consensual intimate encounter. Yeah, so basically this disgusting director woman, Emily Heckerling, was... Catan got pressured into banging her because I guess she wanted to bang him. And Lauren Michaels uh, pressured was part of the pressure. Oh, she's not that bad. Sorry, I'm just kidding. I didn't you heard, you heard what I did the first that was, thing? That was, that was, it was disgusting for me to say disgusting. The she first, is not disgusting. Oh, see, I thought she was. The first thing I did was Google her to see if I'd fuck her. And, and she looks good what, in that one. That I don't picture. know. She looks torn up. Well, there she looks. I, it's, it's, it'd be interesting to see what she was looking like at that time. Um, some of the things in this, this is from the AV Club. This is where the, I read the story. I like th- I like this phrase. Uh, Catan, then only 27 years old. Why do we keep raising the age at which people have any agency over their lives? Yeah, like like tw- 27. 27. Yeah, like you're a, you're a, you're an adult at 27. Like you, it's over. There's yeah. no, I mean, who, who is a 27 year old that is like a, a young naive naif? Yeah. Right. Um, so that happened. And then, um, Molly Heckerling, Amy Heckerling's daughter, Count made a counter statement and said, and yeah. said, my mother was engaged to Bronson Pinchot before they started making a night at the Roxbury. <laughs> Bronson Pinchot. I saw that? no evidence. Balky. Balky from Perfect Strangers. I don't know what that is. Okay. Generational problem. I saw no <laughs> evidence of her seeing or even talking to Chris Catan during pre-production. Rather, she was working vigorously with Steve Corin every day to help improve the script. My mother has never in her life threatened or tried to sabotage anything she was working on. Why would she do that? During the actual shoot, she and Chris became close, and he would call our house every night to talk to her for hours about how he felt like he wasn't getting the best sketches on SNL. She and Chris started having an affair, but as far as I know, it wasn't until shooting was well underway. Was it inappropriate considering the the power dynamics? Yes. But was it consensual and fully his choice to get involved with her? Also, yes. My mother broke off her engagement to Bronson and started dating Chris. Chris told her that when he informed Lauren Michaels they were seeing each other, Lauren said, what do you want to date her for? She's so old. My mom spiraled into a uh, massive eating disorder while dating Chris because she was insecure about their age difference. And then Chris ultimately went and cheated on her with Elisa Donovan, who played Amber in Clueless and also had a role in Night of the Roxbury. Which one was Amber in Clueless? Um, I think some random, I don't know. I feel for Chris's other struggles and certainly don't want to delegitimize the importance of the Me Too movement, but what Chris is saying sounds libelous. I would be very interested to hear what Lorne Michaels has to say about all this. What I love about that statement is it's like, 
it's trying to make sure that it hits all the correct yeah. uh, things to say in a Me Too situation. Like, oh, the power dynamic was uh, really extreme. Yeah. And I don't want to delegitimize the other things that might have been going on Chris's situation. But in this specific case, definitely not what he's describing it as. She's also like uh, kind of spinning an ageism thing there too. She was super insecure over right this and that the next thing so it was like kind of defensive in posture as well covering i don't know yeah yeah do you think that like this because one of the things i wonder about me too is i think relationships are inherently just rashomon about almost anything like two people involved are never going to describe it the same way remember have you ever seen the first episode first season of uh the affair no Oh, it's so good. It's that exact thing. Is it? So you see the same scenes over and over from the other person's perspective. Oh. It's genius. It's yeah. so good. And then they ruined it because it got like taken over by the shittier of the two writers. Oh, no. Uh, but it was the first season so good because they you see the same scene from the guy's perspective and the same scenes from the girl's perspective. And it's like the guy's always really heroic and like not going after the girl and the girl's like sultry trying to like get him. And then in reverse, like the guy's being predatory to the girl and she's just like, okay, it's, it's really good. So good. Yeah. So do you think that that is going to be how these things continue to play out? I don't know. Why is this interesting? Why is this an interesting story? Well, because the this came on the heels of the Moby and Natalie Portman thing as well. And there's just like this this pair of 90s era uh, totally opposite descriptions of what was going on. Because the same thing happened with Moby. Moby's like, yeah, we were dating. And uh, it was just kind of this thing. And Natalie Portman's like, we were never dating. He was <laughs> just being a creepy guy that was hanging around. Wow. And it's it's interesting to me, like, how these things, like, how do we, how does that happen? Yeah. Like, how do you have well, two sure people? Moby likes going around and being like, yeah, back when I was dating. Natalie, Natalie. Portman. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the theories in there was like, it just makes him seem cool to be like fucking Natalie Portman. Yeah. But oh, now, yeah. Now, now he looks like super bad. Do you think super- they banged? That's the question. Did they fuck? He canceled his book tour over this, by the way. Yeah. Because he looked so douchey over the whole situation. Because he posted... they banged, though? This is what I want to know. Did Moby bang Natalie Portman? He would say yes, she would say no, right? Yeah. There's a picture... One of his Instagram things that he posted was like him shirtless with his arm around Natalie Portman in some kind of situation. So, maybe... They probably banged like once. I bet they banged once. And then he gets to say we dated. Yeah, I don't... Just like me and Anna Kendrick. (laughs) (laughs) Have I revealed that story on No, please. Wow. Tell your story. Uh, Yeah, me and Anna Kendrick had a thing. Shut up, really? In college before she was famous. Wow. Yeah, it was actually really funny because many years... It was like we had like a three-day fling when she was visiting Mm because her friend went to GW. They're both from Maine. And the funny thing is... Can we get her on the podcast? You know, it was really funny. Many years later, I was bartending at the Ace. Big, big success that I have been. <laughs> and she, <laughs> she was there for like the Grammy party or something. And she was walking towards my bar. Just her. It was literally me and her in the same hallway. I was at the bar. She was over there. And she was coming right to my bar, and I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be so weird. <laughs> like, she is not going to recognize me at all. Because this was before she was famous. It was She was probably eight, nineteen, twenty. 19, 20. Right. 
And uh, she had already been in some movies, but like nobody, like she wasn't Anna Kendrick. Uh, and like she got like just far enough to not really see me. Yeah. And then she like turned and like went. Oh, away. No. And I was like, oh my God, that would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So what was it like? So me and her were together for a long time. We were together. We Back when I was dating Anna. We were dating Anna. Yeah. I had the, no, this, she was great. She was very sweet. Very sweet, nice person. Very tiny. Extremely, extremely diminutive person. Yeah. Did you see Up but in sweet. the Air? Isn't that her yeah. big her big breakthrough with George yeah, Clooney? She's great. She deserves it. She's a she's a nice nice person. She's a nice person. Yeah. This I mean, this situation happened in real life with these two people that I knew from NYU. We I was at a birthday party with another friend of mine from NYU for this girl and one of our other NYU friends was in town. We called him. We said, hey, why don't you come over to this girl's birthday party? We haven't seen you in a while, and you haven't seen her, we assume. And he goes, yeah, I don't, we dated for a while in college, and it just didn't end very well. So I'm not feeling I'm like, college was years ago. Just come over. It'll be fine. We'll have a good time. He comes over to the party, hangs out. Eventually, he leaves early. And then the girl whose party it was comes over. She goes, man, it was so weird that he was here. And we're like, yeah, why is that? She goes, we worked on this project together once in college and we we're in the editing room and all of a sudden he just leans over and tries to kiss me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, what? So I don't know how two people have that thing happen to them. Yeah. Like what is the under, like how does, how does that get so misunderstood? Yeah. Well, that's, that's a good question. I mean, I, I think, the Moby situation sounds a lot like what you just described between those two people. Right. Like, you know, they, there was an age difference and Natalie Portman was whatever. She was famous and she was a hot young thing going on. She was already cut. She was famous from yeah, a young Moby age. Was yeah. Big, yeah. And he was the nineties and he had play came out and all yeah. that shit. And then, um, you know, he was probably hanging out with her and yeah, she probably she, liked his music. She yeah. probably liked his music. Wanted to hang out with him. He was like kind of a cool music guy and, you know, come backstage, come to my, you know, this party, come to this thing. And it was New York. So it's like, you know, this is my new friend and they keep showing up. They sit next to each other. They get, you know, and so they're hanging out together. And then all of a sudden, maybe they, I don't know what the fuck happened, but maybe to him when he writes his memoir years later, when she's hot as shit and like, you know, bigger than him now, yeah, yeah. we dated in the nineties. But I, I think it would be the same as what you said. Like he tried to lean me in and he was really fucking. It creepy. is funny. Why is Natalie so, Portman so much like, she hasn't been that amazing. Like why is her star so much higher than Moby's is kind of like a punchline now. Like Moby, fucking yeah. Moby. It's easier to be an actor than a musician. Yeah. Mo musicians, get stale so fast yeah the, the shelf life is only so long like right. eventually you become like a has-been right. even though you're still producing music and it yeah, still even might be good but people are just like eh. but portman's not killing it by any means she was an annihilation but she's whack i mean she sucks she's had a well curated career i think good management yeah right. she, she is also like this happened with her and what's the author's name jonathan safran forward yeah like that guy a the rumor is that he left his wife because he thought that she was in love with him. <laughs> she was like, no. And then he went to like follow up on it. And she's like, no, I'm not. What are you talking about? Stop leading the, the nerds on, Natalie. <laughs> she's like nice to the nerds and then they think she likes them. But Maybe. Really she just wants well, to she friends. is a nerd. She went to Harvard, didn't she? Yeah. yeah. She took time off, did that. She went to Harvard. And the other thing I didn't like, I mean, the Moby thing, he was behaving 
very silly. Like he definitely dug himself into a social media hole. I think by thinking that there's some way to solve everyone's problems with you. Like he's what no, did I just he do. He like posted proof allegedly that they were together, which and was what. It was like a picture of him with his arm around her, and it was like a long thing about how uh, I can actually read it to you. Um, let's see. <laughs> so like high school. Yeah, it's also he's how old is that guy? Um, and a now deleted Instagram post, Moby expressed befuddlement as to why Portman would insist that this relationship had not occurred. To bolster his claims, he posted a series of photos that he thought served as incontrovertible incontrover- evidence that he was not, in fact, a creeper all of which featured him shirtless and flashing a grin that was clearly intended to come off as beatific, but looked more like the terrified rictus grin of a subject in a proof-of-life photo. You, you know what? In con, how do you say that word? Incontrovertible? Incontrovertible. Where is the sex tape, Moby? Yeah. yeah. Moby, yeah. where is the sex tape? Moby gets a lot of bad press. But did you listen to that podcast, uh, Heavyweights? No. It was one of these. Yeah. Very, yeah. Jonathan Goldsmith. I think the guy's name was Jonathan Goldsmith. Jonathan Goldsmith. Jonathan Goldsmith. And anyway, he, uh, he, the whole thing is about his, like, long standing beef with Moby. (laughs) (laughs) And he finally tracks down Moby because he apparently lent Moby the CD that all the samples from play like the the thing that made him really big it's like this old timey cd and like all the good soul samples are from this cd that he lent him <laughs> so he goes and tracks down moby and he's like oh you never gave me my cd back and you made a whole album based on it and i never got any credit <laughs> it's really funny moby's just like yeah whatever dude just yeah. uh, here here's you know yeah eminem hated moby Maybe yeah eminem, eminem knew hated something moby right he remember he had like some Eminem's weird a good show where he was trying to be like a vegan something. Like well, I think that's why he's an he's just an he's just, just a, annoying. He's just fucking annoying. Yeah, he's just he's an like, annoying like skinny person. and he was like you know vegan way back in the day. Like you know how they say like CrossFit and vegan when they walk in a room. You know the first second CrossFit <laughs> and vegan. Yeah, that's Moby. Like he just won't shut up about it. Then he had like a tea house talking about like <laughs> I'm really into tea, and then just. You know what? He just movies to you. He's just you know annoying guy. Yeah, he's just irritating. Uh, yeah, he's an irritating person. But, but it is funny that Portman has a history of. Uh, there's something about d- her that's d- very magnetic. Well, but she she disavows. Yeah. she like flirts with these guys and then disavows them. Poor guy. Do you think that she was? Uh, do you think them? that she she's putting more flirtation into it than she's admitting? I what get the you... sense that Portman is not does not fuck. I feel like she maybe does some kissing and canoodling, and that's about it. <laughs> Nobody's ever fucked Natalie. I feel Portman. like Natalie does not like. She's like, I don't actually sex. have a vagina. Yeah, I feel like she's. It's pretty... almost smooth up front. Right. Yeah, I could see that. There was a lot of tweets about this that were, I mean, I don't want to defend Moby, but this was kind of the tenor of some of the stuff that was going on, which I think is an annoying discussion. Raise your hand if you had an experience with an older <laughs> guy like Natalie Portman had with Moby. It's very predatory and wrong. That pic he posted, she looks uncomfortable, and he's smiling like a proud pedophile. Oh, yeah, because Gross. you can tell so much from the... It's men like this picture. that adds to young women being fearful. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> so true. What a what a great insight. Unless they have money, then it's totally fine and not predatory. Right. Like, yeah. if they're, like, 40 years older, then it's totally... It's okay. totally voluntary. Yeah. Well, it's also... It's, like, a proud pedophile. Like, she's... 
an 18 year old that's extremely hot <laughs> in New York City doing and, the scenes. Like, yeah. Damn right, he's proud to be banging her. Yeah, like, it's totally fine. That's the way that he's genetically programmed. Yeah. I mean, Moby's a dummy, clearly, for getting himself into this. He's just but, kind of a bitch. Yeah. He's just kind of a bitch. Like, that's the, the thing about Moby's. He's just like a bitch. I said, he, got, he got lucky with one album. That's basically what happened. He stole somebody's CD. Make it. I sat behind Moby at a movie screening one time. Oh. The uh, It was for Lost Highway. Yeah. And uh, they started talking about Moby, and then he He's kind of the, known. the perfect... His name Moby? What is his real name? He's the perfect emasculated male that yeah. we want for Gillette these days, yes. I think. He's right. very not He owned manly. it before anybody else did. Yeah. He was very comfortable with his non-masculinity. Masculation. What do you think the truth of what happened here is? With what? Chris Kattan and Amy Heckerling, who's I hope to never have to think about. <laughs> I just think it's a funny story. First of all, it's so goofy. This is all over Night at the Roxbury, and it's coming <laughs> from Chris Kattan's memoir, which, like, really, of all the SNL people, who, you know, and then, like, a power play with the kind of an ugly director that wants to bang Chris Kattan. Yeah. Um, it, I, I think it's just kind of a funny thing. I, did did they? So they did end up dating, or they yeah. ended up banging. But he said they ended up having sex. But he his statement seems like they had sex one time on a couch. No, no, yeah. not so much. The, he said they 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 had a thing for a little while. Oh, I the way when the, I read his statement, it seemed like or read the thing the, from the book. They were this is the difference is that um. He says that Lorne Michaels said, you need to fuck her so that we can get this movie which made. I'm sure which, which I love, I'm by sure the way. I'm sure that that happened. In, um, in, Lorne, in Lorne Michaels' voice. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody have a good Lorne Michaels? It's just a Dr. I, Evil impression. That's so fucking it. tired. I don't want to oh, do yeah. it. Um, so he claims that Lorne Michaels said, you have to fuck her or else this movie's not going to get made. But then she didn't direct it he anyway. He didn't say you had... He says... Uh, it would I'm not be a saying good idea. you have to fuck her, oh, but yeah. it, would be a, it would help. It would help. Which it sounds like... I'm sure he, that was actually said. And then he says that they had a like a little relationship that was consensual after that. Whereas Amy Heckerling's daughter says they didn't even fuck around before the movie. They started dating while the movie was on. And when Lorne Michaels found out that they were dating, he was like, why are you wasting your time with her? She's so old. Mm. Weird. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I believe the Catan. The Catan sounds more Believe Catan. Real. I just like, look. At, he looks like an old lesbian. Yeah, he always has. He looks like he's shrunk a little bit too. It's like a little old lady. Yeah, well, what do you do, you know, when you when you're Chris Catan, what do you do with yourself? Yeah, what is he what is he doing now? He has to be doing stand up. How how is he staying relevant in the sphere by putting yeah. out a memoir? Is yeah. is that desperation that Yeah, it's desperation. You got you got to make money somehow. I'm just wondering if this is going to be like unless there's an established pattern of abuse on the part of one of these guys that gets me too, if it's just like a one instance, like a Moby or 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 Amy Heckerling or or whoever it is, is there ever going to be any way to determine like if this happened the way that one person is saying it versus another? Also, it's just like I mean, it's kind of gross, but I don't feel bad for Chris Kattan for having to. It's just like sorry. Yeah, it's you different. Know, it's different do, when it's a guy, not, you know. <laughs> it's different. It's it's like when. Uh, when it's like the hot school teacher bangs like the fourteen-year-old yeah. kid, it's oh. like, is it really a crime? Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. 
<laughs> Some of those teachers are so high. Most totally. of them are. It's unbelievable. <laughs> there's no, there's not many ugly Jesus teachers in there. Jesus Christ. Well, because it's a teen- one of them. The other day, I was like, that woman is beautiful. Yeah, she, she should not go to 15. prison at well, all. Well, because a teenage boy is not going to fuck an old, ugly old lady, but he is going to fuck like, like a hot teacher, twenty three year old. Yeah. So, what is the psychology between behind that? Why does this happen all the time? Why are you do, asking me? I don't, yeah. Why, why do female teachers bang these? Because fifteen-year-olds all the time. Because they have like a pseudo relationship with these kids. Because they're probably they're like twenty-three, and most of the guys in the dating pool are pieces of shit. Yeah, as pe- dudes that age tend to be. So they go to school, and they have this little gaggle of boys that are like giving them lots of adoration and attention. Yeah, and they're the hot teacher. Yeah, and they want to like, ha- but fulfill the fantasy. No, I don't think it's wanting to fulfill the fantasy. I honestly think a lot of this is like an emotional relationship because they are getting something from these boys, whether or not it's legitimate or not, that they're not getting from men that they're dating. They're getting attention. Uh, they're getting regular contact, like the you know. Women are always complaining. Guys are sitting around playing video games. Like these boys are like, well, let me get your number. I'm going to text you. Yeah. Because it's their first foray into sexuality. Well, some of some of them have, I don't know about some, but I, there's at least like one case where they ended up like getting married. Yeah, no, the original yeah. case. Yeah. With yeah. The, Mary Kay Letourneau. Mary Kay Letourneau. Yeah. That yeah. was the original one. Yeah. And they ended up getting married afterwards. Yeah. Well, she was it's pregnant. Great. It's a great ending of that story. Yeah. She was pregnant and had, I think, a few kids by him. Are yeah. they still together? I don't That's know if they're still together. That's a great question. Mary Kay Letourneau. Let's get an update from, <laughs> from you. Mary Kay Letourneau. Yeah. It's weird. That, it's, that situation is weird. I still think it's about access, personally. What do you I, mean? Again, like, I, I think the, pedo, the priest pedophile thing is the same as the female teacher banging the small boy thing. I think it's like well, they're but, guided but to those... But remember, you say small boy, but... Whatever, 15-year-old, but yes. The, the, I don't mean small. The, uh, whatever, underage. Yeah, they're not at elementary thing. school, like, I, seducing I, I think boys. it's like people that are inclined to be sexually attracted in those situations, they literally gravitate to those jobs. You know, like they... Like, pre again, my thesis is still that... It's not that the priesthood turns priests into pedophiles because they can't have sex and it's weird and warped and blah, blah, blah. It's that pr- pedophiles become priests so they can, because they either sub- subconsciously or consciously know that, that will, they'll have access to like young boys. I'm, yeah. I'm sure that's motivational. Uh, in some respect. I but think it's the same thing for these women. It's like I don't, they want to be these objects of desires, like maybe subconsciously, and then they just, they do it. Like they fulfill their fantasy, maybe. I don't, know. I don't I, but I would say that it's, because I think if you read most of these cases, and I read all the cases. <laughs> Guys, I definitely look at the pictures. <laughs> if you read most of them. It's so fucked up. It's not. If it, it was reversed, it would be so terrible to yeah, say that. But, it, but it's like, eh, I just don't really feel bad for those guys. <laughs> I just don't. I'm, like, well, there's a whole I'm South a Park, victim. There's a whole South Park joke about it, right? When, yeah. they, when they hear about it, they just go, nice. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh. Yeah. But what a tragedy. For these women, I think in almost all these cases, when you read about them in any detail, it's like an ongoing thing with these kids. It's not they they banged once yeah. and that was no, it. No, it's like there, a relationship. There's they like a relationship, a relationship that's... Yeah, there's a lot of texting. There's, there's always a lot, a lot of, texting. of texting. Yeah, because they're going to get a lot of attention from these kids. A lot of sexting. And yeah. they like being like, damn, 
Yeah, like I think yeah, they just love being like desired so intensely by like a fifteen. Think about how insane your hormones are. When yeah, you're 15. a fifteen-year-old. Yeah. If you're like a twenty-three-year-old woman and yeah. you've got these losers that are like you're yeah. trying you're to go like out with them, in Milwaukee, you yeah. know, and you're like, uh, and they're just not giving yeah. you I'm regular. In, I'm in Des Moines trying to like get with these guys, and then yeah. you have yeah, right. nothing's happening. But then you got this fifteen-year-old who is nonstop giving you attention all the time. It's like, oh, yeah. And that's that's the trap that they get locked into. All right. So All right. We're we're in support of <laughs> teachers fucking the students. The same way we are directors fucking Chris oh. Catan. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's plug time. Thanks for listening to this episode. We're going to do a few plugs real quickly. Uh, Join our forum at nahf.boards.net. We have some fun conversations happening there. Not really, but, you know, if you join, it'll be more fun. You can email us at notahugefanpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and write us a review on iTunes. Pretty please. It's so helpful if you do that. Yeah, and do all those things and don't fucking text me. Yeah, leave don't, Isaac uh, alone. Do not text me your thoughts about the podcast. Yeah, That's, send them to the email or post exactly. them on the forum and we will respond there yeah. and it'll be great. Right. Uh, and then my social media is all Funzaroni, including my website. You can follow me there. Thank you. How do you spell that? F-U-N-Z-A-R-O-N-I. Funzaroni. Funzaroni. And why is it that? Uh, it's a name I picked ages ago and now it's too late. Yeah. To go back. Phones are running. Uh, you can find me at isaacsimpson.com. That's my website. Uh, it's a portfolio website, so it's a lot of my work uh, in the advertising and journalism and brand creation world. But uh, you can also find ways to contact me there. Um, and also... Uh, I don't really do socials, but you can find me on Medium. That's probably the best place to, to find me or LinkedIn. I enjoy being linkedin So just LinkedIn Isaac Simpson and you can uh, talk to me there. That's it. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Don't text Isaac. <laughs>